Hi, this is Betsy Beers. I'm the executive producer of Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and How to Get Away with Murder. And this is Shondaland Revealed, the official Shondaland podcast for TGIT, that's Thank God It's Thursday Nights, on ABC. Remember, it's official. This is not bootleg. This is not illegal. There's nothing odd going on. There may be other podcasts that are phenomenal, but they don't have the title of officialdom, which really makes the officialness official, which is great. And I'm glad you joined us. Today, we have the most amazing person ever who agreed to do this. Like, I cannot believe she agreed to do this. She's really busy. She has a life. She's playing one of the most incredible roles on our television program, Scandal, and is one of the most funny. I'll just Portia de Rossi. I don't want you to stop. That's good, right? It's like, good. (laughs) The official Portia de Rossi. She's the official Portia de Rossi. Portia freaking... De Rossi, you guys. Just, <laughs> I'm just saying. And Portia De Rossi today is, as I'm sure no one is surprised, beautifully groomed. Oh, Beth. beautifully groomed. Beautifully groomed. Really? Hairs all lovely. It's the heels. It's like adorable little like diamond earrings with little like little. caves, little like like triangles. Yes. Well, thanks You've got for a noticing. Great little fla- slightly flouncy sleeveless with a little. French top with a flower, black and white, which is sort of like beautifully yeah. cut. She's got some great jeans and on. And a tapered jean. And some kind of crazy balls shoes. Yeah. Can talk little, about those uh, a little? Well, you know, I'm vegan, so I try to, to wear Stella McCartney shoes. And this happens to be a pair of kick-ass Stella McCartney heels, which uh, I thought would be great for a podcast. See, she, she knew, and they actually go very well with my white shag rug. They because do. they are white and they have this incredibly kind of kick-ass, I might be able to hurt you point with yeah, kind sure. of the black sole and very, very high heels. How high are those heels? Four, four inches, four? I'm thinking. Yeah. Probably four? Yeah. I like a heel. I am um, not so good in the heel. Like yeah. I trip because I, I have no um, actual coordination ability. Like my ability to walk. I broke my ankle years ago and I um, became terrified of heels and now all I do is wear sad kind of ugly boots just as a result. But I just started getting into heels again because I think they're really, really pretty. But they are I can't pretty. stand for very yeah. long. I actually love a good heel for the characters that I choose to play. It just makes me feel that much more powerful. Well, I got to say also, I think Elizabeth is, an am- is amazingly groomed as well. She is. I do like her fashion. It's a little more conservative than I usually am. But it's definitely good for, for D.C., good for the Republican Party representative. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not unhappy with her wardrobe. I like it because I think she's got a will of steel, but she seems to be wrapping herself in sort of soft and friendly fabrics. She looks like everything's very well tailored, but it all looks kind of nummy. Well, I like to do that a little bit. I like the structured suit yep. with like something a little bit more feminine, a little kind of g- generous and giving, you yeah. know, like a little little softness, a little... Well, also, I've chosen silks, especially for the last few episodes because of the uh, obvious pain inflicted <laughs> to yes, my paid, shoulder blade area. I paid actual careful attention to the the outfit that you were wearing after the painful incident. Yes. Um, and it was, I thought it was well chosen because it looked like not too chafy, I would say. Exactly. I went for something that would feel uh, cool on the skin, <laughs> yes. soothing, except, you know, Lynn and I, Lynn, the, the costume. Lynn Powell, our customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, designer. We, we both were like kicking ourselves that we didn't do something in a darker color. 
because I thought, you know, that looked a little uh, pussy. I don't like that word. <laughs> but, you know, it did. It looked it like it would moist, weep a little. another word I don't like. Right. And so if I was at work all day long, I'm sitting in a chair, it maybe would have... Um, as Ellen said to me, she said, you wouldn't have put a bandage on that or neosporin or... How would you have been able to take it off her camera and show her funny? Well, exactly. She has to think that's, about those things. <laughs> that's I mean, what I said Come to her. on. That's what, that was Elizabeth was thinking about. It's, it's way easier. <laughs> like, what kind of pity is she going to get if she's wearing a big-ass Band-Aid with a, on her back? With a big... Exactly. What goes with that? And But I think maybe Black would have been smart, but... Maybe she was not in the frame of mind where she was thinking when she put that on. She just knew it would be soft and not too chafy. Yes, good point. I think that's probably, if my back yes. had ended up looking like that, my grooming would probably not be the first thing on my mind. Which is why I wanted something that would show a little bit of creasing and rump, rumpling. I, I really kind of wanted her to look broken and disheveled and pain. in pain and in trouble. And I knew that there was a reveal that I couldn't, I couldn't tip that hand before we saw what was actually going on with her. So I thought, I just want her to look off. I want the audience to see her and say, well, what's, what's happening? Without actually being able to, to point to it until I revealed which the is, back. Which is the best. And I also have to tell you guys that one of the best things about this job is occasionally we'll get pictures from hair and makeup as to what's happening. And I was with Shonda and she got this picture of, you know, it said something like, Elizabeth's back. <laughs> we opened it and it was literally like, oh my oh. God, what? <laughs> God. So yeah. um, I'd like to say kudos to our makeup department for that. So would because I. That was, uh, that was some pretty impressive work, Denise and friends, because that, was, that was. that was pretty, pretty terrifying. It was, and you know, this is part of the job. I will say the only part of the job that is a little frustrating for me is that I cannot tell people what's going on. Like, <laughs> you want to be able to come home to your spouse and say, oh my God, you won't believe where my character is heading or what I got to do today. And, you know, I do trust Ellen to keep things to herself. I think but she's good at that. Yeah. Yeah. But she actually doesn't want to know. So I will try to tell her things and she'll, she'll tell me to stop talking. She'll walk out of a room. She gets actually very angry. We both get a little angry about it. So with that particular photo of my back yeah, that you're totally. talking about, I just texted her that picture. I just, without any explanation whatsoever, <laughs> I just texted it to her and she was so angry. Like she was so mad, but I couldn't help it. That is so. I know. I'm so awesome. Turn into like random. a petulant teenager. Like, but you know what? I, as far as I'm concerned, that's what keeps relationships going. <laughs> At some point, Bad each behavior. of us have to be a petulant teenager because then there's oh. everybody feels so lucky. When you're not a petulant right. teenager, I think it makes total it makes the, the, relationship sense. Exactly. Now, I think this episode. I love, because I feel like it's the natural companion to what happened last week, which is the shoe's now a little bit on the other foot because you went through this hideous thing. I mean, the most horrible thing in the world to me, and every time I see that scene where mm. Huck is in the room with that adorable child who plays your child, and like every sphincter in every parenting house all over the world just tightens because yeah. you think, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever. And then going through what you went through. But I love in this episode, the scene with Melly, you know, where essentially you're going to have to make things right because Andrew's out of control. I mean, he was yeah. out of control. Yeah, he, he was. And you know, for Elizabeth, it's just so interesting just to back up a little bit. Yeah, do. When uh, you take on a role like Elizabeth, as powerful and as together as she is, 
to actually give her a reason to unravel to that extent and to play that out is just fantastic. And now we're kind of figuring out, okay, how long is she going to, how long is she, she going to be in this position? How long is it going to take for her to stop being Cyrus Bean's bitch to <laughs> get over what happened to her? Mm -hmm. And what kind of a conscience does she have? Where does her moral compass sit? Like what is acceptable and unacceptable for her? And I've been able to explore that so much because the man that she was in love with has turned out to be this hideous person. And so by comparison, yep. she actually is a very decent human being. And it's, it's really fun for me now to be able to have these scenes with Melly, where Melly says to me, you know, I need you to take care of it. Now, in my interpretation, I don't think Elizabeth North knows what that really means to take care of it, to mm -hmm. silence him, to shut him up, to shut him down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that this is all very new to her. And I think that she, while it seems like she will do anything for her career, I think hurting other people is not something that is ever on her landscape. I think that all of this is very new to her. I hope that's what Shonda wanted because that's how I played it. But I think it played incredibly well because there's this weird combination to me when you watch the scene where you go in and you talk to Huck and you basically say, you've got to yeah. make this, you've got to take care of this. It's this really gorgeous combination of nerves and kind of, I don't know what I'm doing, but also I'm, I'm protecting my kid. Like the core issue for me is it's sort of like with all the politics and the posturing that Elizabeth does and all the kind of snarky snark stuff, which is nobody's dying. Right. You know, nobody's dying. It's all business as usual in Washington, right. right? Nobody's being tortured. No one's being kidnapped. No one's being held for ransom and auctioned off, you know. So, it's, uh, which, is, which is this weird, freaky world that we've found yeah. ourselves in all of a sudden in the past couple of episodes, which is just very crazy exciting. balls. But Elizabeth now has been put in this situation where her entire frame of reference has changed. She's totally alone. And so to a large degree, I think it's really interesting, the activity and the action that you take. And I do feel like you're, you do seem like somebody who's vulnerable and frightened, but has to do this thing because the worst possible thing in the world could happen. It's like your life changed overnight. Yeah, exactly. And now I think Elizabeth is trying to find trying to find a partner in this state. She's trying to figure out how to move forward and who to trust mm -hmm, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how to continue in her job. And you know, what's really interesting too, if we can back up to the war. Totally. And there was a scene that I shot with Jeff Perry, with Cyrus Bean, where I really explained why the war in West Angola was so good for the Republican Party. She explained that when you elect a president you are accepting money from all kinds of people who then expect you to come to their aid. You know, that's how power works. That how, that's kind of how it all goes around. The fact that she was kind of in bed with these people who were very wealthy in a very small country who donated tons of money for this campaign, she, she was kind of on the chopping block. So she was forcing a war for, or trying to force a war by kind of staging this whole assassination attempt mm -hmm. to try to, to get this to happen. And when obviously when that didn't happen, Andrew took it upon himself to kidnap Olivia. So it was just a very kind of interesting explanation and way into this whole crazy situation that we're in and how quickly it can unravel. But I think because of all of those, her machinations and her plotting and scheming and planning, 
Now she's in a completely new and very vulnerable place in her career uh, apart from her life. And I can't wait to see what she does with it. Oh yeah, and I'm just gonna tell you guys, the stuff that's coming up is really good because this character has so many cool things in store really which have started happening. That leads me to one of the actual questions I was gonna ask you, which is, sure. I know the answer to this, but I think our audience doesn't. I ask everybody this question and Carrie and Tony and Uh-oh. I mean, everybody says the same thing. How much did you know about your character when you signed up to do this? Betsy, do you remember what <laughs> happened? Okay, so <laughs> I, I, I get the job. I'm so excited because, you know, I had a, a great meeting with Shonda and, and Betsy and Linda, our casting director, and a few months went by. Absolutely. And we're just, by the way, back to us. You're sitting, we have this great meeting. We're like, we got to find something for her. We got to find something for her. We got to do something for her. We got to do something for her. And it took Shonda a while to figure out what it should be. Sure. That but makes in sense. the meantime, it, we it, love you and you're not there. So anyway, go ahead. So, which is great to know. So I get the call and within, oh man, three or four days, I was in a room with everybody at the first table read mm -hmm. of the season. Yep. So I'm meeting everyone for the first time. I'm saying hello again to you, to yep. Shonda. Yep. We're, so I sit down. Meanwhile, I, I got a, a call. I, I was told that I was the head of the RNC, which I thought was so genius and brilliant and that I was basically there to make sure Fitz was towing the party line. So I knew I was going to create a little bit of trouble for, for Fitz and Cyrus. However, I did not ask what my character's name was. <laughs> so we start reading and I look up with shock and horror, like, oh my God, I can't believe I, I didn't do this. I look up to you and you knew what I was exactly. going to ask. And I just remember you mouthing the word Elizabeth. <laughs> I was like, oh God, thanks. I mean, I was going to read anything other than, you know, Olivia, of, Melly, Quinn, parts. Abby. No, it was, and it was one of that. those, the same moment, I think you realized no one had told you what your character name yeah. was. I realized that nobody had told you what your character name was. And it's that horrible thing at a table read where we loved you, we admire your work, but we don't know you that well. And what a terrible thing to have an amazingly fancy, special person come in as our fancy new guest star and you don't treat them fancily enough to even tell them who they're freaking <laughs> who they're playing, playing, for God's sake. Well, you know, it's so funny. I asked so many questions about my character, <laughs> and yet, not the name. That was so irrelevant to me somehow. But, it, you know, I should it's, have asked. Let's face it. I guess. But, you know, is there anybody or anything you use for inspiration when you think about Elizabeth, to play Elizabeth? No, not one particular person. You know, politics is a strange, strange world because the only currency is power. Mm -hmm. It's not money. It's not fame. It's, not, it's nothing but power. You know, over the years, I have met some politicians that I, I've always been intrigued by them. They've always been surprising to me. I remember being at dinner with um, President Clinton mm -hmm. and President Bush, mm -hmm. and it was just such an amazing, an amazing hour to spend with those two incredible men. I think what, what surprised me the most was that they were constantly asking questions and learning and very engaged mm -hmm. in everything. So I've had good experiences like that. I've had not so good experience where I find, you know, some politicians to be incredibly self-serving and not very generous people. So for me, I, I don't really have that much allegiance to either party. Mm -hmm. I just feel mm -hmm. like, you know, the people who are attracted by this, who want this for their lives are specific, very 
interesting people and people that I don't usually cavort with. Mm -hmm. that, that makes a lot of sense. It is fun to be able to isolate that aspect of a character and get to do that. I think you're right. I think there's something about the context of Washington that that is, it's the only language that they speak. It's, it's the only lexicon you have. It's not right. how pretty you are mm -mm. or how nice your shoes are or where you grew up. I mean, all that stuff gets thrown out. It's literally how do you learn how to manipulate the system for your own purpose. And that's right. kind of the embodiment of who this person is. You right. know, it's kind of a survivor in a way, which is right. why it's not surprising that she can survive what she just went through with Huck. Right. Because in a weird way, she keeps adjusting and growing, which is what you do when you're part of the political machine, right? True. It's just, like you just cool. keep kind of morphing and changing and, you know, however it's going to benefit you the most. No, that makes, that makes absolute total sense. Now, we have some fan questions for you. Okay. If you could play any other scandal character for the day, who would it be and why? And that's Andy True from uh, Richmond, London. I would like to play Cyrus Bean <laughs> for the day. Because, first of all, I just love Jeff. It's the best. I just love that character. I've always been so drawn to the, the man behind the man who actually holds, yes. you know, all the power, who, who holds the cards, and who is kind of dancing this delicate dance between, between knowing how important he really, truly is and kind of being deferential to the president. I just love that dance that he does so very well. Plus, I'd like to yell you know, I just enjoy yelling as an actor. And he yells so much. He does, and he does it so well. I love the scenes with you guys together, though, because you're both so super snide that it's just freaking awesome to I watch. I know. I love working with him. I, so I, much fun. Yeah. I'm Aquarius Gal Kim at K. Petkovic. One of the jokes of this podcast is I can't pronounce anybody's, <laughs> anybody's um, Twitter name, so I am mocked endlessly. Um, since you must laugh a lot at home, who in the Scandal cast makes you LOL? Bellamy. Bellamy's funny. Bellamy Young is one of the funniest people I've ever met. She's, she has a funny take on things. She has just a funny way of seeing things. But she also has a laugh. The laugh that is, is ridiculous. So infectious. It's hysterical. You can't stop. I know. And, I, and you know, when they were on, uh, when the whole cast was on Ellen's show, I said, whatever you do, just make Bellamy laugh. Because <laughs> it is the greatest thing you'll ever hear. But it always makes me laugh. You know, I... One of my favorite things about that show was actually the props, was that whole thing of giving people things that they had to put on set, which I guess I Tony won. Tony won. Like straight out of the gate. Yes. But like the, the shake weight, every yeah. time I see Scott Foley, sadly. He's trying to put it in his hand. Can't oh, get it out oh. of my head. Yeah, no, I'm sorry about that. It's just, I'm scratching my nose, you guys, right now, because yeah. it's just, I, I keep having strange flashbacks. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't need that one, do you? You don't you really. Don't really need kind of any, just, do you don't need to see anyone with a shake weight. In their um, hand. No. No. Very clever on Ellen's part, I thought. Um, Bobblehead Lives, at Bobblehead Lives, wants to know, if you're a superhero, what's your superpower? What does your costume look like? And who do you help? Bobblehead actually gives the best questions of any Jeez. person in the Twitterverse, potentially. I'll say, I would, my superpower would be the ability to be invisible. Yes, invisibility. Love it. Yeah. That takes away the outfit right there. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just you uh, just took away the clothing. <laughs> well, or else I'm just I just I'm poking my nose into other people's. Or I just want to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but that seems to be the most appealing to me is to be able to be invisible. I would always help the damsel in distress. Let's face it. Mm -hmm. I would uh, rule the world. Was that the other part of the question? I think uh, I think ruling the world yeah. would be actually actually I mean, awesome. If, yeah, if you have the ability to be invisible. You should take it all the way. You take care of the beleaguered and the people who don't get protected, like right. people who are bullied and animals. Yes, exactly. You know? Good Just answer, Betsy. Big thanks so much. You didn't ask me that, Bobblehead, but I think that invisibility is actually a great thing, too. I think that that would actually be, be super good. I would like to fly. Yeah. I would really oh, like fly. to be able to fly, too, but you get nothing you useful really. out of that. There's no helping flying. No. Kimmy Gibbler wants to know, do you have any rituals that you do before or while getting into character? As we, as we mentioned, shoes. Shoes? Shoes, shoes help you put yourself in the mindset. Yes, I always have to rehearse in my shoes. I have to, yeah, there, there's something about the, the, the way that Elizabeth moves that is, is different to other characters I've played, you know, like Lindsay Bluth on Arrested yeah, totally. So that's important to me, to kind of feel how it feels to, to literally walk in in her shoes so so that's important to me hair makeup is is very important too you know I, I don't want to put too much emphasis on it but I, I really did kind of design this this hair style the hair's genius that um it's like a pompadour it's kind of fabulous well it's it's yeah it was it was just an interesting kind of I wanted her to seem cocky so I wanted her to have this kind of cocky's crest, like this kind of <laughs> like, you know? So although we might be changing that now because of what is happening to how she's evolving, yeah. Yeah. I think it might be really interesting to, to explore other facets to her personality and her character. I just liked that kind of like feather in the cap, kind of cocky's crest kind of attitude that she has with that hair. So and I think one of the things we've learned today, you guys, is how involved you've been in terms of your look and presentation, both in terms of fabrics and working with Lynn, having a really strong concept about your hair. That's such a great thing to bring to the table in terms of that kind of thought, because it really reads. It really, it means that you're stepping into something, despite the fact we didn't give you a name or any information, <laughs> you built such an incredible vessel for yourself to fill. It's pretty cool. Well, yeah, thanks. Well, you know, for actors, generally, it's kind of what we can bring. Apart from whatever research we do, it's something that we can kind of, we can layer the character so it makes the most sense to us. Totally. you know, we don't know exactly where the storylines are headed. We don't know. God forbid. Week to week, you know, what we're saying or doing feeling. or, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's the one thing that we can kind of wrap our arms around and say, okay, at least I know where to return, like yeah. who she actually is, yeah. how she feels, how she, how she holds herself and uh, how she presents herself to the world. And that's beautifully put. Thank you so much for doing this, Portia. I really appreciate it. And I know our listeners out there really, really appreciate it. And I also just have to recommend that everyone read Portia's book, which is not a plug. Thanks, But Betsy. I read Portia's book, and Portia's book is amazing. I highly recommend it. It's an incredibly open, funny, emotional, upsetting, terrific journey. And it's such a, it's such a wonderful thing to see how you move through it and how you've integrated all that 
amazing stuff that you learn, and I, I seriously yes. recommend it to you guys. If I get this right, it's unbearable lightness, right? Yes, you did get it right. And it is, I really, really recommend, because you not only learn a lot about Portia, but I learned a lot just about how we all deal with change and transformation. So Great. thank you for thank the book you. as well. And I just want to remind everybody, next time in Grey's Anatomy, we have an episode called Staring at the End. You know that Dr. Herman, she's uh, in the middle of the whole brain troubles, and Amelia's got some stuff going on. And she's going to have to do that operation. It's going to get kind of hairy, you guys. And plus, she's giving this amazing set of speeches you do not want to miss on how to get away with murder. It's a two-hour season finale, you guys. And it's unbelievable. And you are not going to believe what happens because I can't tell you because then I would have to be killed because that's the rule here generally. Thanks for following all of our Shondaland shows on Twitter, liking them on Facebook, and getting caught up on the ABC.com or watch ABC app if you miss an episode. Don't forget to tell your friends to subscribe to this podcast at itunes.com slash Shondaland. I will be back next week with another podcast. Until then, please stay safe, take care of yourselves, keep watching Thursday nights, even when it's not Thursday night. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>